Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and I am back this week with a brand new podcast. And this week I'm talking about, in this beautiful outdoors area of Dorset, uh, books, tales, and as my name and username state, s- stories that I'm really into, the Taylor Tales podcast, Chris's Corner. I am talking today about the very things that inspire me on a regular basis. I like to think that I read a lot. I like to think that in comparison to some of my family, not as much. But at the same time, it's one of those things that truly give me joy. And what better way to explore fantasy, novels, and the all imagination expandation... Sorry, expansion, I mean, not expandation. Just uh, that rhythm and rhyme were really getting me there. Uh, I'm Chris Taylor, I'm 25, and I never learned how to read. Um, Jared, could you read number 23 for the class? No, I cannot. What up? I'm Jared, I'm 19, and I never fucking learned how to read. Uh, And and for those who understand the expansion part, I'm going to narrow in on that. The books that I read on a regular basis are nothing special. They're nothing clever, they're nothing, you know... They are everyday books that you can take a couple of... I do 10 pages a day, uh, at minimum, uh, of at least one book. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my, my, my. Today I did two. Uh, I am currently reading Living with a Seal and... Also, The Rape of Nan King. Now, funny story about that book is I accidentally had that book on display in the background of a Zoom call. Now, as you can imagine, with the title being quite provocative, um, my boss was none too pleased. Uh, I had the most awkward conversation I've ever had to explain in my life. I therefore had to bring the book over and explain that this is about a historical event, not the raping of anybody. So, (laughs) for those out there, this book, I shall, you know, give you a little bit of background. It's not that I'm a terrible person. There is that this book is about the destruction of a city called Nanking in China in 1937 to 1940, I think, around that time. And it is around how the Japanese raided and the consistency of the raping of women, men as well, and children for that matter, within the city of Nanking. Now, if you just see the white letters of the book, which are, sadly, the word rape in big bold letters, then I imagine that's exactly why my boss got that impression. Hmm not too good for me exactly. Thankfully he understood after I explained that I shall never have that book on display again in a Zoom call. (laughs) And that is why I do not have that book on display uh, in any of my podcasts, because somebody may get the wrong idea. Now nonetheless, it doesn't mean anything other than that that book is fascinating. It brings the horrors of humanity into perspective, but it also brings some heroes that are unsung. My two, two of these members, believe it or not, one of which was an ex-Nazi uh, who was the leader of the International Safety Zone. Now, for the life of me, I'm not going to be able to remember his name, but I will be able to tell you this. He was the leader of a big uh, oil corporation from Europe 
that European company happens to be German, and he was known for the supporting of the Nazi party. Now, until that point, he wasn't somebody who was a savior, he wasn't a hero, he was just well known within his neighborhood as somebody who helped out and did things. But when the best types of people are the types of people who, when the worst happens, the best comes out of them. And in this case, this gentleman became a hero to not only the Chinese, but a hero to us all. If we, if you re- fancy reading a book and you can get through the horrific events that happened in Nanking uh, from 1937 to around 1940, on, and I think it's 1940, it might have been further than that, it could be further than that. But I know that the horrific events that occurred within that period of time started to quite, sort of get stifled a little bit as the war went on. Now, a lot of people believe that World War II started in 1939 for the British. For the Americans, it wasn't until, I believe, the bombing of Pearl Harbor um, in 19... Oh, I want to say 1940 to 41, and they didn't even get to Europe until 1944. But for the Chinese and Asia in general, the war started in the early 1930s, And this book just dives into the historical perspectives of both from the Japanese perspective, the Chinese perspective, the international perspective, which is everyone who was outside or from Europe or from America or any of those uh, people. And they basically give that perspective as well, as well as the perspective of just medical doctors, physicians, Methodists, uh, religious uh, sort of teachers of that sort coming to China, to Nanking, to either preach or to help. And it's a fascinating read. Now, I'm not going to go in any further re- detail. This podcast isn't about the, that book, but I thought it was fascinating just to give a little bit of context uh, on that specific book. Now, Living with a Seal, I brushed over that a little bit there. It's one of my favorite books. I'm rereading this book because I have around 10 books that I'm going to go through that I can reread over and over again. The Raven Nanking is not one of them. It is a book that needs to be read to be able to understand the horrors of humanity and how the world can be a really tough place. And not like what you see behind me and what... Well, if you're listening, what I shall describe is an idyllic setting of green, beautiful hills and trees with uh, even a tractor moving behind. For those on the camera who can't see that, I'm sorry, my zoom is not that good. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful day. I may have to move about because this is a field not owned. I do not own this field. Uh, and I uh, certainly do not have uh, an idea of whether that tractor's coming this way or not. Uh, he was here earlier, in which case I shall have to move again. Um, and if I have to, then I shall actually... Oh no. A few moments later. Hello again. Back again. Um, before we were rudely interrupted by a tractor uh, and the noise that would have surely ruined the rest of the podcast of that guy going up and down the field, I have moved to a more, I just as idyllic area, I hope, and, you know, it's not, not as good a shot, but it'll have to do for now. Anyway, back to what I was saying earlier, Uh, I was talking about living with a seal, I didn't really get to talk too deeply about that. The book is actually, although not noticed, and spoiler alert, the 
book is about uh, David Goggins living with a guy called Jesse Itzler. Um, Jesse writes the book, and although he, he doesn't reveal who the seal is in the book until right at the end uh, of the newest version, and we don't actually know until... Because this book was released um, early, I think it was late 2000s, late sort sort of like early 2010 period, might be 2012. Uh, but it, Jesse went on the Joe Rogan podcast back in 2017, revealed it was David Goggins who had been living with him, which makes a lot of sense because this book is about 30 days of hell for Jesse as he is put through. Uh, hours of push-ups, sit-ups and pull-ups as well as doing many, many miles running with uh, <laughs> with David before David became uh, a guy who stretches every evening he also doesn't emphasise the importance of stretching in this book uh, which I, can, I kind of find funny because this was, I think what these events happened in the early 2000s but weren't recorded until later on when David basically had a life-threatening illness that caused him to basically lose all ability to uh, do anything, apparently. And therefore, stretching was one of the ways he got back into running and got back into fitness again. So, fascinating tale. And I love rereading this book because it kind of gives you this mentality of a guy who's gone from, you know, he does a few runs, he likes running marathons and stuff like that, but he doesn't take it too seriously he's somebody who's very relaxed talks to his friends while he runs doesn't really push himself too hard has a lovely cushy house in manhattan with his wife who owns the company of Spanx in atlanta and it's a very cushy life and david comes in goggins the seal and basically disrupts all of that and disrupts his days and his work meetings but reveals to jesse that there's a new way of life and that he needs to shape up, shake up his life every now and then to be able to understand what's valuable and how important the ability to have consistency but also at the same time put yourself through tough times to be able to really appreciate the good times. And we can all understand that because we've, we've been through COVID over the past year and a half. A lot of people are realising how important human interaction is over the past year, how important hugging a friend is or seeing friends or talking to friends in person. Uh, and I, I think that this podcast in the first place was created so that I could interact with more people, get to know people I haven't spoken to a long time, and also at the same time express ideas and lessons and knowledge that I have that may not be validated by a degree of any sort, but might actually help someone out there, uh, even if it's coming from a 25-year-old person. Who cares? Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around every once in a while. You might miss it. <laughs> I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Oh, cheesy. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Moving on to a couple of the other books that... Um, these these are basically those two books that are the books that I'm currently reading right now. The other books that I kind of can't not can't live without but books that I've realized like they've changed my way of thinking they've changed who I am and they've made me a better person definitely the next one I'm, I've mentioned in the podcast multiple times and I will continue to mention it is 12 Rules for Life uh, An Antidote to Chaos by Jordan Peterson now the book itself is a tough tough slog of a book 
okay? It's not an easy read. It's not something that you can just pick up and get through. It's a bit like uh, Nan King in that sense, because Jordan Peterson was the one who recommended The Rape of Nan King. So, Jordan, to if you ever watch this, you'll understand one day that my boss got in a kerfuffle with me because of your recommendation. <laughs> anyway, the point of 12 Rules for Life, in my mind, is to help people understand getting themselves together and taking stories from the past such as Christian religion and stories from tales like Harry Potter to be able to have a relatable life lesson that they can use on a day-to-day basis to understand how important it is to uh, stand up straight with your shoulders back to surround yourself with people who want the best for you to pat a dog when you approach it in the when you're walking somewhere all of these little things like they sound really cliche but they're not they're really important that you implement and then the moment you start implementing them the moment you start seeing change and the moment you start seeing change other people see change in you because you have had the willing to be a better person in the first place oh look at me i'm making people happy i'm the magical man from happy land in a gumdrop house at lollipop lane it's really difficult to be able to put forward how important it is to realize that you're not a perfect person and that's okay but you know what isn't okay is not doing anything about it and saying that you're just ordinary nothing ticks me off more what's your profanity the in this world is people saying they're happy being ordinary my god like you are extraordinary being here you're a sperm out of a million sperm that happened to be able to get there in the first place you are in the first place like if you want to take this whole idea of like wokeness into into real perspective you want to really get down to the business because everyone talks about race gender sex and all of these things let's put it down to something real simple huh let's think about it you are privileged in the first place for being here aren't you think about it you doesn't matter what race you are doesn't matter what gender you are doesn't matter who you are as a person you as a human being are lucky to be here you could have been a bloody beetle you could have been a pig but nobody appreciates that and this is why i'm out here in the first place the sun comes up the sun comes down your problems don't give a fuck about it and i won't bleep that out because it's important That sun is going to keep rising and falling no matter what you do. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because that book, 12 Rules for Life, the reason why people get annoyed and say it's cliche and all of these things and say Jordan's right wing and all that sort of things, it's rubbish. It's because they can't be bothered to put themselves into action and because they can't be bothered to change. That is the truth. It's a hard truth, but nobody's willing to admit it. And I had to admit it to myself very early on in life. I got to 21 years old, I was like gliding by on some areas, like I'd put work in, definitely I'd put some hard work in at that point, I'd started running, I'd started really questioning some ideas about whether I wanted to do what I was doing at the time, and this book changed my life for the better, because it made me realise that I could be better, and that I wasn't perfect, and that there are real simple things that are cliche that can make you a better person. So read 12 rules for life if you want to be even more extraordinary than you already are because you are and if no one's ever told you that before i'm here to tell you it okay you're extraordinary
and you can be better even if you think you're not so moving on to the next book that has you know I'll I'll move on to a a less serious one because that was a little bit of a rant there I wanted to get it out there because you know feelings I I didn't want to make this a you know something that I was just going to put facts (laughs) no facts in it as as the boys from flagrant Two say all feelings and no facts that's what that was there and the next one's a bit more fantasy related but I love it. I love rereading it. I love going over it over and over again. It's got some fantastic relatable characters in. And I can, can, I'm can. i hoping that I'll one day read it to... If I have kids, I'll read it to the kids. Because it's so much fun. And that is Ready Player One. Ready Player One is a story about a guy who lives in poverty, basically, in the distant future. A few moments later. Wade is a kid in the stacks in the year of 2044 where reality is a terrible place he's poor his parents have passed away and he has the ability to go into this realm of virtual reality that is called the oasis and in the oasis he can be whoever he wants to be and the story goes is that you this guy has the chance to be able to become the owner of the oasis through a a different like three different massive challenges set by the previous owner who passed away and he has that ability to go out there and meet new people and basically conquer the oasis i've said it again my god i'm gonna put a clock on the counter in a minute just going ding 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 each time i say basically anyway uh, I finally got it out there. That's what Ready Player One is about. And it's a fantastic book of fantasy, adventure, fantastic characters who are relatable and have troubles and questions of reality that we all have. And it's something that, to this day, I really hope I can push forward and reread it over and over again and never get tired of it. And all of these books, to some extent, have that sort of value. They have that ability to change and to make you want to keep on reading. There's a lot of books out there. I I remember talking to people when I was younger, like, they didn't didn't read. And it's because they were given books, you know, in school, which were dry. You know, they were dry. You know, I love Shakespeare. I personally really enjoy certain Shakespeare plays. Much Ado About Nothing's fantastic. But I'll be honest with you, a lot of his work, it's not going to appeal to the average human being, is it? Like, let's be dead honest here. Like, how many people are going to go through the works of Shakespeare and be like, ah, yes, I really relate to this story. It makes me think of all sorts of things. And if you're one of those lucky people, good for you. But for the 99% I'm speaking to right now, you probably don't give a rat about Shakespeare, or any of his work for that matter. And so for schooling, at the moment when they try and get you to read these books, or plays in that matter, they don't really take into account that they could put people off reading for the rest of their lives because they've been given work that could potentially just mind-numb them and basically put them off the adventures and thrills of reading that are out there. So... Yeah, it's all about the right story and the ability to tell it correctly. 
uh, and you've probably seen from this podcast so far, I've been all over the place because of my distractions and you can see how easily distracted I am sometimes and that's probably a bad thing in the long run but in the short term run it means that I'm an erratic human being who consistently needs the ability to do and be and be in the moment (laughs) but moving on so Ready Player One I mean couldn't recommend it enough to those who like sci-fi and any sort of just adventure story You, you may have noticed that I haven't spoken about the Lord of the Rings so far. You all know I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. The books themselves are great. I think the movies are better. I wouldn't put them in my top ten. Now, here's the main reason. The main reason to me is that they are extremely long. They take far too long to get to the point sometimes. They are the content. I totally get it. It's brilliant. But at the same time, the movies, they get to it quicker. And... I think because I was exposed to the movies first rather than the books, I don't have as much appreciation for JR's work as I do of the movies by Peter Jackson. So, for those who want to be like Chris, how dare you, that's fine. For those who understand and like the books but aren't thrilled by the books, I'm here for them. (laughs) So, moving on, again, using that phrase, I'm going to have to have a bell using the same phrases every single time. Anyway, Can't Hurt Me. Can't Hurt Me is a fantastic book by David Goggins. We've spoken, you can note note some sort of path here, as you may have noticed that I've spoken about not self-help books as much, but people who are pivotal, uh, pivotal in the current society at the moment. There is definitely um, a, a key sort of movement at the moment on the internet of podcasters who are not I wouldn't want to say cult-like because they do create that sort of momentum where they've got groups of people supporting them to the ends of the earth and that can kind of create some sort of toxicity but at the same time they're fantastic because they're changing lives for the better and David's one of those people who went on to the Joe Rogan podcast back in 2017 again you can notice that there's a theme here as well and he released his book back in 2018, 2019, I want to say, 2018, 2019. And it's not just a self-help book. It's reality. It's a harsh look at reality. Like, you may have realized as well, The Rape of Nanking, Unit 474, I think it's Unit Unit 471, something along those lines in, in China as well. Um, Ordinary Men, Robert Browning. And I, I would, to some extent, not not to the extreme of the Holocaust, um, but what David went through growing up, it's hard to relate to, to a lot of people, because, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe many people can relate to him, and I'm so oblivious to the realities and the harshness of actual real people. Um, and that is the privilege, maybe. Maybe that is it. And I don't want to get too deep in that, but this book gives you that sort of realisation of... He teaches you lessons based off his life and his what he classes as his problems and issues early on. But what I see is his hurdles that he's had to get over and accomplish more and become the person he is today because of it. 
Many of the lessons are like Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life in the sense that they get you to do simple tasks day in, day out to address your problems. Now, I, I love them. I lap him up. I love rereading his book and listening to the audiobook because it gives you this raw harshness of reality and makes your mentality stronger because you have the ability to realize that people have got it harder than you out there and that all you have to do is really put in the miles and put in the hard work and you can actually live a much better quality of life just by doing that just by putting the basic hard work in my goodness what an idea why didn't i think of that hammocks um it's hard to understand how important Can't Hurt Me is in the grand scheme of things, of life, because David Goggins, may, his name, I hope it never fades away. I think it's a name that should be sort of carved into stone. He's, he's more important than some people we've seen in history because he shows that through sheer force of will, he can do more than the average person i don't think there's anything more inspiring than that and there's a quite a few critics criticizers out there who think he's too extreme and he's too this and he's a sociopath i think it's rubbish i think people are cowardly in that sense they're just not willing to put in the work they're not willing to put the hard times in and they see somebody who's gonna put the hard times in and gonna be harder than they are and they're immediately put off and i just say why why like life is for living man like fair enough you don't want to run like 24 miles 26 miles a marathon or or 50 miles or whatever but you can do the mile you can do the basics and these this is what these books are about you may realize that there's a theme with me personally like for me personally i see other people's stories in grinding, putting the hard work in, and getting to higher places. So, moving on, I will take a quick look at my list of books. Yeah, can't hear me. So, so I'm going to quickly mention Beyond Order is part two of the 12 Rules for Life series. Like I said with uh, Jordan Peterson's first 12 Rules for Life and Antidote Chaos, this tackles the other side. It tackles why the standard life can be a problem, and how staying in the same place is actually more risky than taking a chance and going into that chaotic world. Not everyone is ready for this. Not everyone's willing to go into chaos to be able to pull out the sword, the flaming sword, and and take on the dark side of your life. Because, for instance, safety and comfort can appeal to probably, I would say, 80% of people. They just want a house, family, kids, that's it. Be able to eat nice food and go on holiday. That's all people want sometimes, and that's fair enough. Power to them, you know, enjoy it. But there's also the types of people who want to go into the darkness and defeat a few demons and come out with a few stories. It's not an easy path, not a fun path, but it's a path nonetheless. And I think that Beyond Order actually offers a bigger explanation to that side of life, rather than 12 rules, which I would say an antidote to chaos is actually more more applicable to most people's lives than Beyond Order, which Beyond Order actually tackles for those who are willing to take that extra step. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult read, but it's worth it. Definitely worth it. Ooh, here's a change-up. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, they, these these three books here that I'm going to mention um, are really different. All of them are different. So I'm going to go with Kitchen Confidential, which is a book that was given to me by my previous boss. Uh, and he he... I would take any recommendation from that man. My previous boss was a legend. He inspired me, trained me, you know, never got angry with me, constantly was happy to talk to me on a day-to-day basis, and to this day has stayed my friend, and I hope we stay friends for life. Um, his name, I probably, because because of, I'm not sure whether he'd want his name on this podcast or not, so I will keep it secret, and I will speak to him and see if he, he doesn't mind me mentioning him at some point, but... He, he, he is an inspiration. He, when he was speaking to me at the time, he was also raising three kids of his own, had a, has, has a wife, and is extremely intelligent. And he recommended me this book, Kitchen Confidential, and it's by Anthony Bourdain. And Anthony Bourdain, I didn't know a lot about him until 2018. He was a fantastic chef, but also somebody who travelled and showed wasn't you know sort of didn't shy away from showing the the harsh realities of chefdom and also the harsh realities of the other side of travel it's incredible to see a man like anthony bourdain talk about putting out the meals putting out the details telling you not to eat soup at soup of the day or fish on mondays because the chef hasn't been able to sell these products over the weekend and he's trying to get rid of them and his ability to not hold back show those nasty details and continue to be honest with the reader that the restaurant business is just as dirty just as filthy as some of the money businesses the 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 sort of what the corruption happened in 2008 similar to that just behind the scenes and then what you're getting served is by some grubby druggy who's you know a talented chef but what he's doing in his personal life you wouldn't walk past him let alone talk to him or have him serve you food and it's this ability to realize that there's a world you have no idea about uh, and you are living in it and paying someone to continue doing their thing it's incredible it's incredible so yes there's there's that book as well that i will continue to reread just to remind myself that the restaurant industry is uh well it's it is what it is (laughs) and we've got next so I'm, I'm going to speak about two things because Smile Your Travelling is very similar to Anthony Bourdain. Smile Your Travelling is by um, one of my favourite frontmen. He was the lead singer um, of Black Flag. His name's Henry Rollins. I talk about Henry a lot with one of my friends, Jordan Green, because Henry Rollins is one of these characters. He's still about today. He's about kicking. He's a fascinating human being who has a real dark side to him, but is also one of the most upbeat, energetic humans that you'll ever meet. So I've never met him. I will, he, he will, to this day, I would love to meet him. I would love to have a chat with him because I think there's even more stories than he's letting on. Because Smile Your Travelling is about his time going to Africa uh, from, I think it's 1991, all the way up until 1995 and he goes to africa once a year every year 
from the early 90s all the way up until the early 2000s. And he is a man who travels the world with zero regrets and zero sort of care for the dangers of life. He's part of the reason I love traveling. He's part of the reason I went to Asia in the first place. He shows that really the truth is is you don't have anything to be afraid of apart from the fact that there's some silly people and it turns out to those silly people are actually from your home nation uh, and not from the countries that you're afraid of going to. He gives a real description of Africa, Kenya for, in, for instance, where there's serious poverty and his description of that poverty gives you a real sort of insight into harsh realities again. This is a common theme within the books I read. I like to, as well as put myself through a lot of hard training, I like to gain realities that I've never been able to get before. So I've been raised in a beautiful area. Um, sorry, not no, that's not true at all. I'm in a beautiful area. I was raised in a um, You know, where I'm from, Reading, is not a nice area at all. It is a... In comparison to Africa, and in comparison to many places in the UK, it's very nice, you know. To, but because I don't have the, anything to compare it to, you know what I mean? Did you understand? Like, you don't have, if you don't have anything to compare it to, then how are you meant to understand what true harshness, reality... You, you don't. So you have to hear it from other people, and you have to gain that perspective. And my way of gaining that perspective is through reading and sometimes myself doing some travelling to be able to understand what true harshness is. Not having water, not being able to eat for a, an entire day because you can't find something to eat. It's really interesting. And Henry's tale within Smile Your Travelling goes from him touring with Ozzy Osbourne and the gang, uh, writing for them and writing an article on them, for their gig and their, I think it was one of their get-togethers, their reunition, reunited sort of, yeah, I think it's a, a gig in Birmingham where they reunited as a band, Ozzy and the Gang, and I think that Henry was just writing an article for them, and then Sharon Osbourne got him to do that on Ozzy's behalf, and he interviewed all of the gang, and then he goes from there, from Wales and Birmingham to just flying to Africa. Uh, and his journey and his thought process that he goes through there is a fascinating one that I personally truly love and will continue to reread to the, the end of my days, hopefully, because he gives real perspective of what it's like to be a young man of that time and not to be sort of flash with your cash. He puts his money in areas that not many people do and... You know, to this day, he talks about how he drives a, I think it's some box car, you know, very basic means of transportation, and he barely drives it, and that he only drives it in Los Angeles, where he's where he lives, and he has a very basic flat, and that even though he's a multimillionaire, he just puts his money into traveling, and that he doesn't actually put it anywhere else. And, oh, that and his records. That's all, that's all he's got. He's got his records, and then he's got his traveling. It's a fascinating story. And from, from there, I've also got the final two books. So we'll go with one that's a little bit more serious, and then we'll go with a less serious one. The more serious one is one that I've talked about before by Robert Moore. It is the, uh, the right order here. King Warrior. King, sorry. That you, um, you had your, 
you you could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything. Get it wrong first time. Warrior, magician, king, lover, or king, warrior, magician, lover, whatever order you want to put it in. And it's absolutely fantastic on breaking down the four aspects of what it is to be a human being. We all have these characteristics. We're all different. We all like to think we're unique in our own way, and we are to some extent. But we also have the four basic foundations of who we are as human beings. And Robert Moore breaks this down in a psychological way, but he also breaks it down in a historical way in how we used to be quite tribal as human beings and we used to do trials to be able to prove that we were men and women and that we were adults and there is a lack of that nowadays there is a lack of a trial to prove that you're an adult i see a lot of adults nowadays who are barely adults uh, and these people class themselves you know they can be in their 30s 40s but they still act like they're still at school and it's sad to see because there should be a way we should be able to filter that out and stop that from happening but we can't because society is what it is now and it's too big to control and it is like a virus it's just got out of control and that that's it so king warrior lover magician you know whatever order you want to put it in by robert moore explores the psych psychology of a human being and truly sort of gives an insight into what we are to be human and breaks it down into the negative aspects of human beings such as within the king aspect of being a tyrannical leader so you have to be in control all the time if you're the type of person who finds it hard for other people to for them to take control and that you get angry when other people take control this is where you become the tyrannical king you have you don't have the ability to have self-control so you need to look into that because what a good king is is that he understands the value of others as well as the value of himself and where he lacks and where he doesn't lack and so you must understand that as human beings for instance in my case um, what am I good at well I'm I've got some pretty good computer skills so I'd be able to do that but for instance I wouldn't be able to sail a boat for instance like I wouldn't say try taking over a boat I'd know exactly that I'd have someone sail for me because I have no idea it's the same with driving I don't I'm terrible I wouldn't be able to drive uh, I don't even have a license for that matter so, you know so it's, it's it's this case where you you let other people do the things you know there's certain things that you want to do and there's certain things that you don't you can't control and it's you've got to be able to let yourself be okay with that so Apart from me ranting on about that book, it's fantastic. I will do another episode breaking these aspects down because that is a whole podcast in itself. Each of these, we've talked about the king so far. I will go into the others because they deserve a good hour of talking. And I'll bring a guest on to talk about it next time as well. And we'll do more, more in-person podcasts soon as well. So the, the final book, Green Lights... I, you may think, oh, Chris, green lights. It's just a, it's just a silly book by a celebrity who, you know, you may think that, but McConaughey, all right, all right, all right. You know, as silly as that is, he's just such a likable human being. He's just likable to, to beyond belief. I don't know what is it is about him, but he has this relatability, even as someone who has loads of money, 
has the ability to do whatever he wants whenever he wants and he just shows this constant wants to understand people but also within the book he he shows he truly shows who he is and his insecurities and his struggles and his you know dad and his mum growing up with you know showing what they did right what they did wrong what he had to deal with as a celebrity early on celebrity what he had to do to get there in the first place what he does now what he's looking forward to doing what he's done with his wife what he's done with his kids it's it's a real eye-opener into a man's life. And the fact that he wrote a book later on in life showing you these, these details. He could have gone to the grave without telling anyone any of these details and we would have all still liked him. You know? But he did this anyway. And it may be a money grab. It may be any of these things. But I think Green Lights is actually a fantastic book that shows someone's story that is quite adventurous but also quite real. And actually, it makes you think, my God, there's an actual person who's a celebrity who isn't just a 2D character who you probably wouldn't be able to get a drop of blood out of. You know what I mean? It's just fascinating read. So those are are some of my favourite books that I can reread over and over again. Now, I've gone into more detail into others because I, I think that there's certain books that you can, you can glean what you can glean from them and there's also you know i've i've not mentioned jocko willink's extreme ownership you know i'm you all know i love that sort of side of life but it's also it's not an easy book to read and it's not something that you know talking we can talk about the army all we want and leadership and strategy guide i've gone through that it's a fantastic book that that gives you an insight into what it is to be a leader but it's not something you can reread over and over and over again it's not an easy book to read. So even though I've mentioned a few books that uh, f- I've read them, and you know I can say I've read them, um, there's a lot of books I can say I've read, but there's not a lot of books I can say I've reread. And these are some of my favourites. I've not mentioned a few, like the Harry Potter series, for instance. I love that series. I I would happily go through that series over and over again, but it's it's to a point where you realise like it's kind of childish, you know. It's kind of silly just rereading those books over and over again. And I am constantly on the lookout for new reads, even if they're difficult to read, like The Rape of Nanking or Ordinary Men or um, Unit 741 or any of these historical books that are non-fiction and give you this tough read. I've also not mentioned some of my favourite adventure stories, such as the Sharp series um, by... Bernard Cornwall. Bernard Cornwall is a writer as well. I, I would actually do an entire podcast on Bernard Cornwall, who has provided a, a generation of books that are beyond him and who he is as a writer, who's inspired many. And then there's Terry Pratchett, and there's so many. But that's probably for another time to go into authors rather than books because i've talked about the singular books but i haven't actually talked about authors who have written series that i could easily say are beyond who they are for instance you know like terry pratchett like bernard cornwall like um i want to say i can picture his face but he wrote the book it uh which i read and it's a massive book but uh yeah i'll go into that another time as well so I hope you've enjoyed this. I love talking about reading. I love talking about the inspiration I get from reading books. And I hope that you 
go out there and, and read a little bit more and, and do a little bit of practicing in that sense of buy something you enjoy my god like let's not be serious about this let's have fun you know it's just it's just fun it's just it's a good laugh to to go through a book and and truly enjoy it so this has been a taylor's tales podcast this has been chris's corner i'm your host chris taylor and as always i'll see you here next week <laughs>